Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app. Brought to you by Verizon to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joliak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. 21 teams starting mandatory minicamps this week in your NFL and your Bears do so tomorrow through Thursday. And we'll discuss right here tonight at ESPN Chicago and the Chicago Bears Radio Network. Welcome into Bears Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us along with my partner, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Your will be along in just a moment. Thanks to our producers, Jordan Trudup and Dan Brilli from the Bears. And tonight, Charlie Bevins in the ESPN 1000 Studios. Executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski. And coming up in our next segment, we sit down tonight with defensive tackle Justin Jones. Tommy, lots to look forward to here in the next three days. And as a player, you're wrapping up your off-season portion. The work will never end, of course, but a little decompression time before you get ready for training camp. What are you looking forward to see starting tomorrow up at Hallis Hall? You know, there's a little bit more seriousness to the mandatory minicamp than there is to OTAs because OTAs, you have the luxury of making mistakes, and then they're just being pointed out in the course of meetings, and then you're expected them to be corrected. When you go to a mandatory minicamp and everybody's on hand, there's a little bit more you're starting to insert stuff that you will use when you go to training camp to get ready for the regular season. So there's a little bit more of an edge to not only your mental performance, but your physical performance as well. And the guys have been around the team now for a few weeks, so they're, they have high expectations, whether you're a, a veteran or a young guy. So I'm excited to see it, you know, Jeff, and I'm excited to hear what Justin Jones has to say because – he has to have a bigger role on this football team defensively up front than he had a year ago when there was really no expectations for him. So I'm excited with how he feels right now and how he can complement the young guys, but most of all have a really solid performance on the defensive line throughout the whole season. Yes, I did sit down with him uh, last week at the end of uh, the OTA session last week. So, yeah, he's ready. He's always, he's always ready. He's a, he's a joy to talk to. I enjoy the conversation, so I'll be interested in talking about him because he's a guy that, uh, frankly, we don't mention a ton because we kind of take for granted, you know. Uh, last year he came in as the three technique, but they started out of necessity and just experimenting as well, moved him outside a couple of times. Adam Rush from a defensive end position, but there is going to be a rotation of guys up front. We'll break all that down when we talk to him and then when you uh, listen in and review it. Uh, other things I'm lo- – oh, good. One, one else quick there? thing about the, th- the three-technique defensive tackle. If yours is dominant of the three-technique defensive tackles that we've, we've known over the, over the years, past and present – they should be able to play anywhere, Jeff. They should be able to contribute up and down the line of scrimmage. Their forte happens to be on the interior of the defensive line where they can be the most destructive. And then in terms of uh, bodies, don't know exactly where he's at, but yet uh, Darnell Mooney, I know he's been rehabbing a lot, and it's another guy that uh, we have not discussed a ton. He has not been on the practice field as of yet uh, as he recovers from his injury, but uh, there's just still a high expectation of what he's going to bring to the table. We know Darnell extremely well, you and I. We know how committed he is. We know how great he wants to be, but because of D.J. Moore and the addition of Chase Claypool and the drafting of Tyler Scott, a lot of attention focused on those guys. But I just mentioned two veterans that uh, have a great impact on the future here for 2023 and if they play well, a longer future here for the Bears. 
as long as they finish the play with the ball in their hands when the ball is thrown to them. That's what's got to identify the need for these receivers. Darnell Mooney, I hope we don't see him in a helmet and shoulder pads until training camp. I don't if he comes out there this week then so be it but I don't I don't want anything from him. I want him to be over recovered in making sure your hamstrings, your quads, your calves, all of the necessities that you have in order to run like he runs that they're all intact and ready to go. All right, our third man in the uh, rotation here as we bring him in each and every week. He is the former Bears starting quarterback from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. The one and only Jim Miller. Jimmy, how you feeling tonight? What's going on with you? I'm doing great, guys. So, Jeff, Tom, good to be with you guys. And, yeah, just getting ready. They're starting to wind down here. You want to finish with uh, one last good impression to, uh, to your coaches, to your fellow uh, teammates that, hey, you can count on me. I'm one that can be uh, counted on. And, you know, you come back and you, you earn that spot and hopefully earn that right uh, to become a starter. That's what I'd be wanting to focus on if I were a lot of the Bears players. Yeah, and just, you know, keep the momentum going from an amazing offseason. We talked about it, Jim, it, it being uh, a, a an important one, obviously, for the for the reload here and, and whatever you want to call it, a, a transition season going from you know one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of records but still a competitive bunch with a very young team to now taking that step and the momentum of what was accomplished in setting the culture, what you added in terms of personnel, what your expectations are for Justin Fields, uh, Jimmy, and then the draft hall, what you managed to land in free agency, and now the schedule that's before you. Uh, it, it's time to keep that momentum going this week. And, and most importantly, most importantly, Jim, stay injury-free these next three days, please. Yeah, yeah, stay injury-free. And then when they step away, you know, that's probably the last thing a, a general manager you know, wants to hear is, you know, a player getting in trouble or a player getting injured doing uh, something foolish. So uh, this is where they'll be on their own. They're going to have to take care of themselves. But, yeah, I want to finish with a, on a clean note there. And I think all those things, you know, you, you can do it. Jacksonville was the, the team last year, right? Went from worst to first in their division. The year prior, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. They went from worst to first. So it's possible. And these players should be thinking like that because there's, there's plenty to play for. There's a lot to prove. And they're the ones that are going to be able to do it. Nobody else. They're the ones that have to get it done. And they collectively, as, as a group, need to make that, that promise and that commitment to one another. You know, I, I think I'm in the minority when I talk about the NFL scheduling of the offseason because I think it's absolutely ridiculous that after the end of minicamp this week that they let these guys go. To me, I would give them another month and a half off out of the facility on the other end, and then I would have these guys here up into training camp and then give them the week off before training camp starts. That used to be the norm, and I think guys were more – they were more prepared. They spent time within the facility that they had an eyes on approach to these guys. And I'm not saying go out and exhaust these guys on the field, keep them in the facility, keep them in the weight room, keep them to the point where they have a little bit more accountability during this time. I think it's silly to get these guys ready, get them around the facility, go through OTAs, get them in the weight room, and then say, okay, at the end of minicamp, and even like the Jets, they canceled minicamp. I know they're in the Hall of Fame game. But to have this open window of opportunity to either get out of shape, forget the mental side of it that you've just prepared the last five or six weeks, or some guys are scared to go in a weight room. So to me, as we'll, we can sit here and talk, and Jim, you have – interesting. 
years of experience with it. I I totally disagree with the schedule. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm with you on that, Tom. And there because there's huh. a lot of coaches like John Harbaugh that what do they do when they come back anyway? They have what they call a ramp up period because for that very reason, what Tom just talked about, some guys will get out of shape and uh, they'll put them on the physically unable to perform list if you know say they come in just a little too heavy because uh, they are they're putting other players in danger out there if they were to fall because they're not in shape and they're they're winded uh because and it's hard to say that that when you're paying guys millions of dollars that that's what they're paid to do they're paid to be in shape but i see it all the time man there are guys that come back they they lose that edge of coming out of this last mini camp uh don't work as hard and so coaches have to have what they call a ramp up period which is basically about a week and a half with no pads, where they're just physically moving them around there to uh, to get them back in shape with their conditioning, so that they're ready to to truly practice in pads, uh, where they can be out there uh, completely ready to go. Right. That, that's. I'm looking at Tom because I have him on Zoom, or, uh, but I see his anger. But and Jim, as you pointed out, it's not just yeah, like you met, it's every team. Every team has the ramp up. It's a it's a negotiated thing with the NFLPA. So you're not in pads for the fourth day of camp, and then the rookies because are of there the, before because the, of the baloney schedule that you yeah. have them on. John, yeah, John well, that's what I'm waits saying. Longer, John Harbaugh. Yeah. Waits oh, he longer. waits even longer, huh? Yeah, because for that very reason. So. And he said yeah, he this is an interesting could... topic. We could talk about this one for a long time because uh, refresh our memory, Tom. What you what, do you remember your last couple years, for example? What what when yeah, did you report? I remember all my when, years. Okay, tell me tell me what I'm looking towards the end of your career when things started, you know, on that path to potentially changing a little bit. And Jim, same thing. When did you guys have an off season that began? When did it end? And when did you start camp? Then after that. You know, so the season ended. We had our exit uh, physical, our exit checkout meeting with our coaches, and then we were basically on our own until minicamp came. And then you had a three-day mandatory minicamp, and then you were basically on your own again until training camp started. But there's a different elements. You know, when we went to training camp, we had an unlimited roster. So we may have up into 140 to 165 guys, and then your reps were cut into in a third because of that. But it was more of making sure that you showed up and you were in shape. And, you know, Dicka wasn't the type of guy that was going to let you sit out or maybe put you on IR until you got in shape. He was going to run you until he got, you got in shape. And then if you weren't in shape, then you were less competitive. Then somebody else was going to capitalize on that. So all, all I'm saying is I wish rather than these guys going to these uh, tight end you or go into all these different uh, trainers outside the facility. I wish that they were required to spend a certain amount of time in the facility that maybe that was connected to their pay and they made more money in the off season, but they had a more accountability within the organization. So Jim, I think what he's saying here too, that he'd get rid of OTAs and just have that period extended right before training camp and so you don't have the summer break though they're calling this the one month break is this what I, is this what i'm hearing yeah i i think it's an extended period of time you know back yeah. so when i first came out into the league it it is similar to what it is now that like well I, it's similar but yet it was different right so we met so when i was with the steelers i met with my coach all, all you know basically 4 days a week 
All right, we'd come in on Monday, get our work done. We'd get some film work. We'd, uh, then when it came time, we had a rookie mini camp, but we were meeting four, four times a day. Now they have what are called these phases, right? The first phase is get the guys in shape. Then you can start to meet with your coaches and go on the field and do some field work. And then, of course, you, you start uh, the OTAs. That's how it's done now. Back then, we met, met, met all, all the time. I'd go out and, and, and do uh, some work on my own. But then we had our rookie minicamp. So I came in, had our rookie minicamp. And then you have these practice days. And then, of course, you and, and, or that, back then, you didn't have practice days. And then you just had the veteran minicamp. And that was it. And then you'd go home and, and be back. But I like the idea of what Tom said is if you start the guys later and then you're able to spread it out leading all the way up to training camp, I think it would make a, a, a lot of sense. And guys wouldn't come in and tweak hamstrings or have issues because they fell out of shape or didn't do the work that they needed to do in, in order to be ready to play. Because I see it on every team. Teams now, they don't even mess around. If a guy comes in and he's overweight, they just put him on PUP. Say he's physically not able to perform. He's out of shape because he's going to go out there and get somebody hurt. And uh, John Harbaugh, I've talked to him recently, uh, is last year at at training camp. He said he wishes he had more of a ramp-up period to get guys, quote-unquote, calloused. uh, And it starts with conditioning where some guys come in, and it's typically the the bigger guys, you know, that, that come in a few pounds heavy and just aren't conditioned. And Tom will tell you, when you, you don't have your conditioning and you can't get your wind, that's when you start playing sloppy and guys start falling on the ground. And that's where you put other players at risk uh, where there can be uh, issues. So I've got no problem if they had more of a ramp-up period. I think it would be a lot better for everybody. Listen, Matt, I don't mean to sound like an old curmudgeon. I'm just looking out for the benefit of the players <laughs> yeah. and making sure that they're at their healthiest when they get this started. You know, it's ridiculous because every single one of us said, have said, oh, now after this mini camp, they're on a break. On a break? On a break from what? On a break for what? You've you got to get yourself in shape. You have to be competitive from day one. So if you want to talk about, yeah, we go to training camp and we have a, a week-and-a-half ramp-up session, you know, that – you don't need it. Our first day of practice, we went and we did Nutcracker. You can't do that anymore, but, well, you know. Because you were expected just to come in shape. Everybody right. knew it. <laughs> it's expected. I mean, it's Well, I don't job. think anybody – I'll have the last word because we've got to hit a break. Uh, I don't think anybody expects these guys to uh, to do nothing for a month. They they have to. If they, Some do, and, though, and, Jeff. I mean, that's the, I mean that's of a, course. Of course they do, but that, I don't take think vacations. that's – I know yeah. one guy who's I interviewed me. Yeah, I'm just going to take a couple vacations. Okay, sounds good. Uh, all right. If I don't pay the bills right here, I'll be on vacation. Take a so. vacation in February. <laughs> yep. That's Tom Thayer, Jim Miller here on Bears Weekly. Coming up next, my conversation with Justin Jones, the Bears defensive lineman. Coming up here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears Weekly here on ESPN Chicago. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. Those guys will be along just a moment from now. Right now we're kind enough to uh, spend some time. He's kind enough to spend some time with us. (laughs) My man Justin Jones, I love this guy. You know, there's something that I've always uh, gotten from you. Facts. Oh, yeah. This is how you say it, facts. So my daughter, remember Kelly, working here? Yeah. Now she pulls the Justin. She is. Everything's facts. There's something. <laughs> facts, Dad, facts. I love that about you because, you know, you are a pretty open and straightforward guy about yeah. life, 
liberty and the pursuit of happiness when it comes to the National Football League. You always been that way? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say facts again, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've always been that way. You know, sometimes I uh, kind of get in trouble because, you know, I'm, I'm a little too straightforward sometimes, so I got to kind of, like, sugarcoat things sometimes, but that's only at my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty straightforward, man. I'm, I try to keep things as simple as possible because I don't want, you know, when people talk to me to think there's any gray area in between or where we stand relationship-wise, you know, scheme-wise or anything, any question. I don't want there to be any, any doubt on anything we're talking about, so, yeah. It probably serves you well in your defensive line room as well. As yeah, we talked with Justin does. Jones here on Bears Weekly, the defensive lineman. I, I notice how I said defensive lineman because I, I think Coach and everybody else has always got ideas on what they're going to do, you know? Yeah, right. Keep them guessing because you could be on the outside, you could be on the inside. I definitely definitely can. It's definitely happened. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, with that attitude in the room because, you know, there's been so much change. Uh, you are one of the senior members of this defense. We mm-hmm. get right down to so many new faces, right? Right. How do you handle that room right now? Uh, you know, we, we just got a new addition, a couple of new additions, a lot of new additions, really. Yeah. Uh, starting from uh, D. Walk, you know, he, he's a he's a good uh, good guy in the room, good presence, another leader, little leader in the room. You know, guys respond to him pretty well, and uh, you know, he brings this uh, intensity. You know, I feel like that was, that was much needed. You know, that we that we were missing. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about him. We got Billings, you know, Andrew Billings in the middle right now, big stout guy. You know, he's kind of quiet more so, you know, show you more than I can tell you. So I, you know, I kind of like him too. And uh, I'm really excited about these rookies for the most part. I'm really excited about these, these rookies. Uh, uh, Javon, really excited about him, mountain of a man. You know, he gives me uh, like a leaner Limbaugh Joseph type of vibe, you know. Like so, he, yeah, he, and I've seen him run. We ran sprints before. And I just seen him just sprinting like a deer one time, and I was like, "Bro, it's no way, <laughs> it's no way." He's, he's long. He's three twenty five, and he's he's running. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna he's gonna trim up a little bit, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited about him. Zach, he kind of reminds me of myself. You know, back when I came in as a rookie, because I came in at about three eleven, my rookie year, dreads, big guy, playing three ten. He drafted in the third round. You know, same as that kind of story, and he just he get a quick twitch guy getting off the ball. Reminds me of myself coming out of college. So. You know, I see myself and him, and him a lot. So we talk a lot, you know, on the side about, you know, technique and mindset and alignment assignment and stuff like that. And he, he's, he's, he's going to come along real quick, I feel like. Yeah, we talked to him a few weeks ago. I love his personality. He's, sure. uh, he's always laughing. Uh, you know, he's, he's a very, um, yeah. very humble guy. But, you know, you can tell he's going to be a guy that's going to maybe chirp a little bit fun, make you yeah. guys laugh. Oh, for sure. Is for that sure. happening? Yeah, for sure. He, uh, he, we got on him today. We kind of beat him up a little bit after, after practice today because, uh, Every time he walks by, he kind of bumps you. Oh, my, my bad, big bro. I ain't mean to bump you. I said, listen, all right now, nah, man. You got, you got one more time to bump me, man. I ain't about to keep playing with you. Then he, he bumped me again. I said, all right. So at the practice, we all got, got on him, took his <laughs> shoes and everything. But no, nah, he, he's, he's a good guy, man. You know, I'm, I'm happy we got him. I think he's going to be a perfect fit here. And I think he's, he's going to do great for us, you know. But, but don't you feel good, though, at the same time about that, that he has enough trust in his teammates yeah. and veterans who've been around many training camps and many OTAs that he feels comfortable he could do that. Because yeah. once training camp hits, when he start cranking up, guys uh, maybe have their blood will get up a little bit more, you know. Yeah. It'll, he'll understand that this is – there is no playing anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, it, right, right, you know, OTA is, is pretty much is, – is, is made for relationship building, yeah. team bonding, building that chemistry. Because once we get to training camp, you know, at that point it's, it's, it's time for business. And, you know, we're really trying to make these strides now in OTA. So when we get to training camp, we don't have some of those speed bumps. So we can kind of coast right through into the season and be – be ready to go but um you know he he understands that we've talked about that a lot because you know a lot even the coaches coaches are even laid back at this time you know in the yeah. OTAs because it, it's not meant it's more it's more so for teaching purposes everything's kind of slowed down you're understanding the scheme you're understanding your role in the defense stuff like that and then when training camp comes 
at that at that point in time, you're expected to understand your role and, and how you're going to see fit, and then really come out here and compete because you've already got you've already got the playbook, you've already known you know what we're doing. So now it's time to time to master it. So, so yeah, he, he he's ready for it. Justin Jones, our guest here on Bears Weekly. Jeff Joniak with the Bears defensive lineman. Uh, I thought you played very well last year on a line that has obviously wants to make big improvements from last year from yeah. pass rush to the whole the whole bit. A lot of change in that regard. But, you know, the whole idea is to get as many guys up front that can play, waves, keep you fresh. Yeah. And so it, it's funny when veterans see guys drafted and everything, they always, in the past they would get nervous about it. Yeah. I don't see that here because, number one, you need, you need two sets of four yeah. at least up front to, to attack. That's the kind of the goal. How are you looking at that? And, and, and are people sleeping on Justin Jones? You know, I've, I've been slept. I'll start. I've been slept on my whole life. So you know, I, I, I'd rather you sleep on me the whole time. You know, I'd rather you sleep my whole career because when I pop out, then you'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I know he's here. You know, I, I had a pretty, pretty solid year, like you said, with a lot of moving pieces last year. Like I, I had a different D line every every week. You know, people don't talk about that either. So you talk about like actually building chemistry and building that 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 unison on one D line and trying to trying to trying to have that four equals one and you know moving like water type. Yeah. You know, if you got moving pieces every week, you know it's kind of hard to really have that. I think we're gonna have that this year. You know, we're going to have a set four. We're going to have a set eight. We're going to have a set ten. Ten guys that it's going to be here every time. We're going to play with these guys every time. And that, that's when you start building real chemistry and start seeing those real big plays coming from the D-line because we know the guy we're next to week in and week out. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, back, back to what you were saying about getting guys drafted. I, I wasn't – so I'll say I wasn't raised that way because when I was drafted in, I had guys in my room. You know, I had Brandon Meebane. He was in year 11 – I had uh, Melvin Ingram. He was in year seven. I had Joey Bosa. I had uh, Corey Legit. I had, I had a real good vets who brought me in, and they helped me every every step of the way. You know, even now I call them. I say, hey, bro, you know, I appreciate you for everything you did, you know, because uh, everything you taught me then, I'm, I'm seeing it now, and how, how, to, how to pour into these rookies and give them the game and then let them know because at the end of the day, like, we don't know where our last play can be, you know, but you owe it to the guy next to you to give him everything you've known because the guy that came before him, the guy was before you, he gave you everything he had. And it, it's only right, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, I can't, I can't do something to a rookie that something wasn't done before me. You feel me? So, and that, that's one of our biggest things because you know even guys in our room had different rookies, uh, different vets, they treat them different ways, and we have to kind of converse on how the room is supposed to be operated because of that, you know. But you know we all come to a common ground because everybody was raised differently in this league, you know. And so with that being said, like you know the rookies are coming along for us. I, I feel like, and you know they really appreciate the fact that you know every guy in our room is willing to help everybody. And that's what makes us different, I feel like. How about the late round Travis Bell? I mean, this is a kid who loves football. He does. Can't believe he's here. Like, he's genuine. That's a guy I think is never going to forget it. He's always going to play. As long as he's able to play this game, he's going to play it with humility and he's Passion. not going to ever take it for granted. Do you feel that? We don't, we don't talk about him much yet because when the pads come on, we'll be talking a lot more about the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But what can you tell us about him? Uh, I mean, I like him. He's a great guy. You know, uh, obviously a late-round pick out of uh, Kennesaw State, man. And he, uh, he, does, he does love it here. Chicago Bear has, has a lot of history. You know what I'm saying? He's always talking about it, and he's just, like, happy to be in a room full of guys and just picking our brains about different things, man. Like, the type of coaching that he gets from the players is just so different that you get from the coaches because the players are actually playing. So it's just different, and the fact that you know we're able to talk to him on that level. He said he said it almost sounds like science, you know, the way we mm. break it down because it's so in depth. Yeah, you know, but it, it is. It is. It, it, it really is. It's an art. Pass rush is an art. Play stop and run. It's an art, literally. You know, so when you look at it like that, you know, you have a different appreciation for it. And I feel like he's developing that appreciation, and right now it's got him in awe. So I think one of the biggest advantages of having vets in that have been a while uh, 
are, are violent hands yeah. because you can tell people to play with violent hands and maybe they will on a snap or two in college or whatever, but to play with violent hands, how have you mastered that aspect of your job and what difference does it make when you come in, snap one playing violent hands and snap 57, that offensive line now is a little bit on their heel because of violent hands. They're, yeah. they're, you know, you got to win that battle first, right? Yeah, you got to. You got to get hands on the first level. You're going to be here all day. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like, you just got to keep practicing that. And for guys coming in that don't, doesn't have violent hands, the first thing I tell them to do is go box. Take off season and just, okay. just box. You know, because then, then you can really gauge how much power you put into a bag. You, you can gauge how much force you're putting into a bag, and you can, you can feel it. And you, can, you can see it, you know. So when you come to pass rush, that translates right over. To, uh, to pass rush, to translate right over to, to, to stopping the run, getting hands on guys. You know how much force you're putting in there and stuff like that, and you just know. But uh, it's I think I think guys who come in with, with violent hands, they pretty fair well. They, they do pretty, pretty well in the yeah. league. Uh, Dominique Robinson, I had, he, he did that in this offseason. Yeah. One yeah. boxing. Yeah. Yeah, his, his hands look pretty good in the OTAs right now. I, I must say, he looks a lot more fluent, a lot more comfortable in his position right now, especially with the guys next to him. Like I said, the, having, Rasheen, having uh, Sheen come in here, and having uh, D walk, you know, coaching them up and stuff like that on the end, man. Like he, he's coming, he's coming along pretty, pretty well. Uh, you, you shorten everybody's name. The, the, the fans got to get to know these teams. So we're talking about Rasheem Green, Shane Green, we're talking about Demarcus uh, Walker, Marcus Walker. Yeah, my fault, man. <laughs> and, like the, and Travis Gibson. Let's not forget about yeah, him yeah, too. Yeah, Tra- Travis Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, all, all those guys. You know, they're helping them out. You know, helping them out. And shoot, like I said, I'm, I'm learning myself. You know, they, they're bringing things from their game. They've Give been an doing like uh, for me personally. Yeah, that you picked up. You know, so. Uh, D-Walk has a swim move. I don't know if you've seen it. I have watching it on tape. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's legit. It's pretty nice. Yeah. You know, so me, me, I'm trying, I'm trying to pick that up and add it to my gangs. I don't know if you notice. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a rip guy. But sometimes, you know, that swimming free you up a little more depending on when you use it. So if I can add that to my game, you know, I, I come free a little bit more. You know, I kind of use my swim move more so in the run versus the pass. Uh, so if I, if I can get that in my game a little more, then that would be good. We've been talking about that the last couple of days now. It's so. a change-up, you know? Change-up, yeah. The offensive lineman expecting you to do that rip, and then you yeah. come at him with a swim on a pat. Oh, yeah, now, now yeah. we're talking, right? Yeah, exactly. See, now it's we're a talking. different. So, you know, but it, it's just a matter of when you throw it, like, you can throw a swim move any time, and, and it won't work. It's the right – you have to have the right time and, 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 and uh, the right timing and technique in the rush, at the time of the rush to throw it. Like, it can't just be the first move out of the gate. It may have to be the third rush you throw. You know what I'm saying? But it still has to be a rush that you use because it's, it's a good one. What have you done differently this offseason uh, before we even got to OTAs to help yourself uh, have, have a good year this year? Any, incorporate anything new in your repertoire of uh, training? Uh, I've done a lot, a lot more Pilates. I feel like I've been more a lot more consistent with Pilates this, this offseason. Uh, you know, I, I, pretty, I pretty much train pretty hard every offseason. But I think Pilates is, is uh, going to be the game changer for me because uh, it's strengthening the small muscles and giving you more core strength, you know, to control your body, and especially in pass rush. You know, a lot of vets have told me that Pilates was really good, so I really gave it a try this offseason, and I, I, feel, I feel really good from it. You know, we talked a lot last season, and, and even, you know, not with a microphone in your face, just, you know, 3-14 and 14 wore on you a little yeah. bit. You know, the fans were actually maintained their excitement because you guys were in every game, and they knew the plan. The plan yeah. was we're going to build to the future. So now there's a higher amount of expectations from the fans. We got yeah. new guys coming in, learn the system. Where, where is your mindset about year two here? Oh, I mean, I'm excited, you know, especially, especially uh, on the defensive side. You know, we got a guy named Tremaine. Freaking, yeah, freak Tremaine athlete. Edmonds, man. You feel me? Jaquan is in his second year. Freak athlete. You know, we got Bojack back. 
freak athlete, Jalen Johnson. You know, we got these guys on the back end offense. We got a guy named DJ Moore. You know what I'm saying? We got we got Justin Fields some weapons now. You know, Darnell Mooney comes back. You feel me? We got a uh, we got a Devonta Foreman. You know, back there. Beast, beast, literally. You know what I'm saying? Darnell Wright. You feel me? Like we got some guys. Nate Davis. You know what I'm saying? We got some guys now. Like I'm I'm, I'm really excited about that. Like, and you know, I'm, I'm the fans should be really excited about that too because. You know, it's it's a different it's a different type of confidence and a different type of swagger our offense and defense has now. You know that I, I'm, I'm really finding. You know, it's really turning, really becoming contagious. Did did uh, the turnout this off season impress you? Uh, the amount of players that came it was a lot. I think we had like 95. percent Yeah, crazy. Yeah, because I'm looking around the league and the media when they get the once a week to get to see they oh this person you know it's a long list. I, I do think that's a part of. Liking each other, that's yeah, a big sure. part. Uh, knowing that you guys have something brewing here. I keep using this term. I should make sure it's right. Poised to make some noise. For sure. The I Bears like that. are poised to make some noise. I like that. And, but you guys know first. It's always yeah. been the case in, in football. You guys know first because you start in the weight room. Yeah. You work hard in the weight room. Then you take it to the field. And it's this process that builds. But with the, it's a young team. It is with, a young with team. a few younger veterans like yourself, do, yeah. do you think that mix is a good mix right now? So young ballers on the team, you know, and that's that's what really makes a difference. I feel like we really got some playmakers in here now. You know, I mean, like a lot of playmakers at every level now, and you know, it's just really going to be an exciting time. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if, if the fans have done a lot of research on Tremaine Edmonds, but if you see him in person, he's got to be like six six, and he's literally sideline to sideline all game, every game nonstop, does not get tired all day long. You know, that is that is like that is a rare trait to have. Like we got that in the middle of our defense. Like if you can't get excited about that, like come on now. Like <laughs> this is this is a defense this is a defensive city. If you can't get excited about that, like come on now. Like you feel me? I feel you, and we'll wrap on that note. A lot of energy. You always bring it. Thank you so much. I got you, man. Appreciate you. Justin Jones, our guest here on Bears Weekly, will be joined by Tom and Jim after this break on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by CBW. People to get it, Jeff and Tom, along with Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Change. This heard from Justin Jones, so now some reaction. Of course, I sat down with him face-to-face last week. Uh, he's got a lot of juice, big time. He, he, he loves the game, loves the team. And uh, I, I guess the thing that really stuck out is – stood out, rather. Not stuck out. I just made up a, a word, I guess. Uh, <laughs> stood out uh, is – is that everybody is talking a lot about Tremaine Edmonds and, and, and heard it from the coach, heard it from others behind the scenes that, yes, he and uh, TJ have become the leaders of the defense. That that's, that's, that's the way it's going right now, and it's coming from that linebacker level. And it's good praise, high praise, because you look at Edmonds, he's a six-year player. He's 25 years old, still young, but he's been doing it for a while. He did it for an AFC championship team. Right. You know, I, I don't want to harp on a point that I talk about all the time, but, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and uh, TJ Edwards and Sanborn and the whole crew, it's going to be about Justin Jones. So if we're talking about linebackers that have a Pro Bowl year or they're playing at the higher end of the scale of any linebackers within their division, it's going to be because of the, the defensive line are doing their job and holding up the offensive linemen from getting into that second level so these guys can put their athleticism on display. So, yeah, it's, you know, anytime you talk about any linebackers throughout the history of the NFL, um, 
whether it's the Dallas era, the Bears era, the New Orleans Saints, the San Francisco 49ers, when they all had great linebackers, you know, you could they had marquee names up front. And Justin, um, I, I, you know, it's it's been a little time in coming, but if he can develop that marquee type name in the NFC North, then that means that those linebackers are going to have a great year. Jim, uh, what's your takeaway from listening to him? Anything stick out? Yeah, I, I do think he's generally excited because they feel they've gotten better as a team. You know, he, he mentioned the the names of guys when you add DJ Moore and you've got, uh, you know, the big uh, l- big running back who you added who comes with legitimate uh, credentials and foreman and how well he ran the ball last year. So they do believe they are much better equipped uh, to deal with the players. But, again, the young players need to take a, another step forward. You know, it's, it's, it's all good when we talk about projection, but they've got to put in the work. Uh, to improve. Clearly, he feels uh, excited about it. Uh, I think a lot of Bears fans are excited, but at the end of the day, you got to put the the work in uh, to get the results uh, that you want. And let's be honest, some guys got to, you know, play above, in my opinion, what they're capable of doing because they're still missing a couple of horses at key spots. Now, whether guys can, can reach that challenge or surpass it would be an added bonus, I think, for the growth of this football team. All right, we're going to touch on that very topic of Tom here in a second. But as an offensive lineman, you're listening to him talking about, uh, we talked about hands a lot, violent hands, and, and playing with violent hands every snap, just not occasional snaps. But you talked about the rip and the swim. So I'm going to you, go through your memory bank. You just told me you don't forget. Best rip defensive lineman you ever faced, best swim defensive lineman you ever faced. Uh, Randy White from the Dallas Cowboys, he had both. He had a rip and a swim, and that's how good of a defensive lineman he was. If you go to Keith Millar, 1991 defensive MVP, had, I think, 17 and a half sacks that year, was, was great at both of them. But, you know, when you talk about violent hands, you know, it's not something that every defensive lineman has, and it's not even something that defensive linemen can develop over a period of time because there's a guy and I get, and I bet you never heard of him. <laughs> he's probably, he's got the heaviest, most violent hands I've ever played against. His name was Pierce Holt. Yeah. Pierce Holt he, played. Yeah. He's 49ers, a defensive right? lineman for the 49ers. Yeah. And he had the strongest out of the stance hands where he could, it, it didn't matter if it was a rip or a swim, if it was an arm over, if it was an arm under whatever he was going to do. His hands were so powerful that when you went to strike him, if you met hand-to-hand, he would derail your hands and then get you off balance and out of position and then work with a second move. So it's not something that you can say, okay, this year I'm going to dedicate myself to taking a martial art because it's going to make my hands heavier. No, it's not. You're going to develop heavy hands by having the strength that's developed in the weight room and then being able to use the speed of, <coughs> excuse me, use the speed of your hands as a weapon. Hey, hey, Jim, you guys analyze a lot over there on NFL radio. You break things down very precisely. Do you happen to know off the top of your head uh, who, in your opinion, has some of the best rip and swims in the NFL? I mean, I'm going right to Aaron Donald, right. uh, the multiple one, defensive sure. player of the year, right? Would he be, would he well, be the guy? 
Yeah, he's tremendous. I think the guy who just retired, J.J. Watt, right? He was yeah. a three-time defensive player. The the year will be honored in, in the ring of honor down there for, for the Houston Texans. But, yeah, I think the more repertoire you have. You know the young player who's getting really good at it because he, he works his fanny off? Mad Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders. Go look mm-hmm. at his pressures. Go look at his sacks. And you would think last year Chandler Jones would have cleaned it up on the other side with how much damage – Mad Max Crosby was doing, and it, it just it really didn't materialize uh, for, for the Raiders. But that Crosby, man, and I, we interviewed him probably about three months ago, and he's just that guy is like relentless uh, on learning these moves. And now they do the Von Miller, you know, it's almost like the, the tight end you, uh, you know, where the pass rushers get together and they start going over moves and, and stuff like that. But I think keep your eye on Mad Max Crosby. That guy is really a special player. You know, listen, you go Kenny Clark. That's the that's the Green Bay Packer, right? Like yep. that dude, he's on a whole different level. He plays with force on the inside, with strength, meat and combat to combat, as good as any defensive lineman in the league. So, if you want to point, you know, have a point of interest to pay attention to this year, go and look at the way he plays. Right. Well, and Chris Jones, the Bears face him week Correct. three, so Correct. Two, two of the top three weeks, and uh, the boys up in Tampa for week two. So, yeah, you're gonna get. Oh. Gonna get some I tell good, you, good... if I was an offensive guard, those two games would be keeping me up. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to take six weeks off. I would have to go and just try to do everything possible to get ready for those guys in the first couple weeks of the year. You know what, being with you you NFL players, uh, uh, the greater part of my adult life here, uh, it, it gets you conditioned to think a certain way. So I'm, I'm watching, Jim, the highlight of the Von Miller camp, and he's teaching teaching moves. But it's against NFL offensive linemen, so he, he, they're giving the tricks of the trade to the offensive linemen. They'll eventually have to – I mean, I don't Listen, know how many offensive linemen showed up, Jim and Tom, but what, why are you giving if, away the trade secrets? Listen, if the information was that transferable, then every guy that goes to his camp would finish with 15 to 17 sacks next year. I could sit here, Jeff, and teach you how to be an offensive lineman, but you're not going to do it. It's just like all these other – you know, maybe maybe if Von Miller is reaching down to a talented college player, whether he's a freshman up to fifth or sixth year nowadays, maybe some of that information is transferable. But from NFL to NFL, you have to have all the traits that are backed up the reason Von Miller. You know, I remember when we went to Denver a couple of years ago to practice against Denver, and we were standing at the one-on-ones watching Von Miller. And then you had a chance to look at the, his size and everything. And then you see why greatness is greatness. Just like uh, Freeney, uh, Dwight Freeney and uh, the other guy for Indianapolis. Robert not, Mathis. Robert Mathis. They're not big by any means, but they did what they were gifted with. Jim, that would be a new definition of brother-in-law in the NFL. Um, here's what I would do <laughs> if I were an offense alignment. I would go there, and I'd say, no, I'm not going to do anything, and I'd just sit back there with my iPhone and tape it all and everything they said, <laughs> and I'd put it in my, you know, in, in my tools of my trade of what I'm going to watch here this offseason to get ready to play Von Miller when he's ready for the Buffalo Bills. All right, we got to take a break, fellas. we got to take a break. This is Bears Weekly with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak and ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. 
Lot VIP access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more are now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Jeff Joniak here with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. A couple of segments to go tonight in our show. Get ready for minicamp starting tomorrow up at Hallisaw, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then not until the start of training camp do we see the Bears back on the field. Bears adding uh, six new uh, members of the coaching staff through the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program uh, tonight announcing a few, including John Johnson, who was with the team a year ago. But uh, uh, joining the staff include uh, Missouri State's Antonio James, or pardon me, from Southern Illinois. Antonio James is from Southern. Dante Ellington, uh, wide receivers from Missouri State. Alex Officer, an offensive line assistant from Rutgers. Darius Safford from Kennesaw State. He's got one of the Bears in the uh, uh-huh. in the uh, roster right now. And Dominique Anderson, linebackers, returning also for a second summer here with the Bears. Always a good thing for those guys to uh, help out the coaching staff. All right, Tom and Jim, the, the, uh, the unit that has had the biggest improvement in terms of what you believe right now in terms of personnel, where they're at, and the unit that still has a ways to go, Tom will lead off with you and go to Jimmy. I go the, the unit that I'm most impressed with that I think has made the most strides, I think, is the defensive backfield. And there's a couple reasons. Because of the talent that Ryan Poles has brought in over the last couple of years and how competitive they were immediately and how they proved Ryan right and what he saw with his eyes and his evaluation, these guys were ready to play. And then I like a little bit of the pressure that Jalen Johnson is putting on himself. If you think you're so deserving of a new contract, you better play like it because the one thing teams want to do is they want to pay and they want to reward their guys who have come through and they're playing up to the expectations of the position coach, the defensive coordinator, the head coach, and the general manager. So I think there will be a little bit more of a magnifying glass on Jalen Johnson, and he's going to have to play up to the standards that he wants to be rewarded with the new contract. And then, you know, uh, Jaquan Brisker has done a heck of a job and Gordon has done a nice job. Now it's up to Eddie Jackson. He's got to come in here and be a a turnover machine or a playmaker like he was a couple years ago. And so the defensive backfield is the segment that I'm most encouraged about. My most concerned position, and it's probably because – you know, when we talk to when you talk to Justin Jones, when you listen listen to the list of D Walk and Billings and Green and Javon and Zach and Travis Bell, we need to be introduced to these guys. So it's not just because you went and drafted these guys, they're immediately gonna upgrade the performance of the defensive line. And then oh yeah, there's Gibson and there's Robinson. There's a couple of guys that excuse me, haven't reached the level of expectations that are needed for them in order for the defensive line to get to that next level. So I still have the most concerns about the defensive line and just to rehash because they have to support the linebackers. They went in and brought in a couple of big, big time free agent linebackers and they need the support of the defensive line and is still the most unknown position to us. For me, Jeff, it's going to be the two groups, offensive line and and wide receiver. I think Darnell Wright was the finishing piece. I like how they reshuffled the deck and put uh, Cody Whitehair back at center, bringing Davis over uh, to plug in at guard and move Tevin Jenkins, who I thought played really well last year at the guard spot. I think that group with Darnell Wright, and they led the league in rushing now. I mean, so 
These guys know that that's the standard that they got to uh, play to. Darnell Wright, even though he's getting broken in to, to do that, he needs to know that. Those veterans need to remind him, hey, dude, we led the league in rushing last year, and we expect to do it again uh, this year. As for the receivers, you would think Chase Claypool, small sample size, learning the offense. I get all that. He should have had a bigger impact last year, but now there's no excuses for him. All right? They need him to be a big-time player. And D.J. Moore, I think, will just be D.J. Moore. You'll have a healthy Darnell Mooney uh, now. And Velas Jones needs to take uh, another step. That was a disappointing rookie season as far as I'm concerned. But that group, you were dead last in passing the football. Yes, it's part of the quarterback too, but you guys have been working all offseason here. So that needs to be corrected. That passing game better be much more sharp and on point than what it was a year ago. I'm still uh, throwing my two cents in. I can't disagree at all. I've been talking about the secondary being uh, a significant uh, boost in terms of what's been added here the last two years. I think they got momentum to really be an impactful unit. They need a rush, though, and so that would be my other one is is the edge. Uh, but I do give a 1A to the receiving group because of everything Jimmy just said. I think more and more I watch and have been spending a lot of time up there that D.J. Moore will elevate this group significantly. He's named as one of the lot, lot of, lot of, lot of charts are coming out, a lot of rankings are coming out here in the advanced period of, of this time where there's not a whole lot to talk about. But on the veteran list at number nine of a player that's going to uh, really impact uh, the Bears and also be one of those players that could impact his, uh, his business side as well. Uh, Brock Purdy, number one on that list, according to the NFLPA Top 50 Players sales charts. And we'll talk more about that. We'll have a spin-around round to fill you in on what's going on around the league here in our final segment after another break here on Bears Weekly on ESPN Radio Chicago and ESPN uh, and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Final segment, kind of whip around some topics as we are apt to do before we run out of time here. This segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by CDW, people who get it. Jim Miller and Tom Thayer with me, Jeff Joniak, uh, Bears President Kevin Warren, and uh, Chairman of the Board George McCaskey did a nice thing. They went to the enshrinement in the Black College Football Hall of Fame of your ex-teammate and Super Bowl Bear Les Frazier over the weekend. Uh, Love it. How about you, Tom? Hey, I, there's no one that deserves all these credits any more than Leslie Frazier. From what he's done as a free agent in the NFL to starting college programs to earning head coaching opportunities in college in the NFL, he deserves everything that he's he's been rewarded with. Jim, I uh, remind everybody, an undrafted player, again, who made it good and, yeah. and has been a heck of a coach, and he'll be back. He'll be back. Think he's a head coach again one day? Well, yeah, I think his definitely his head is in the ring, and it doesn't sound like you know he's doing nothing. I mean, he's going to be out at a lot of training camps, from what I understand. He's going to bounce around uh, the NFL and just experience some other you know spots and in, in coaching and and things like that. And he's he's a lifer, man. He really has been an impactful in his coaching career and his playing career. We all know how successful he was. So, yeah, I do think he'll be back. He's too good of a coach to keep out of the NFL. We need more great coaches like him. All right, you got about a minute, so we need quick answers on this one. Sports Illustrated's Connor Orr writes, Justin Field is number one on his list of ten possible first-time NFL Pro Bowlers in 2023. You buying it, Tommy? Of course. Yeah, I mean, you, we, we all see what his traits are. And you talk about the passing game. If he elevates the, account, the support of the passing game, no doubt about it. I agree, Jim. How about you? Yeah, I think he's he's capable of it. But, 
You know, this this Pro Bowl stuff, I mean, there you it's, go. it's not what yeah, it I know. used Don't to be. I know, started. I know, <laughs> I know. It's accolade. But uh, also, Tevin Jenkins uh, on the all-breakout. I don't want it to be as a as a 12th alternate. He needs to earn it to the, the first you. time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pro Football Focus has Tevin Jenkins on the all-breakout team at guard. Tom. Yeah, no doubt. He, he did. Jim said he played well last year when he played at guard. You know, he just has a, have an opportunity where he stays healthy the whole season. Ten seconds for Jim on Frank Clark to the Denver Broncos. Those pass rushing markets starting to shrink. Yeah, wasn't for huge money at five point five million, but Baron Browning gets hurt. They're going to need him. He won't be ready for the beginning of the year, so that was a necessity signing for Denver. Fellas, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. We'll see you out at rookie, excuse me, not rookie, veteran minicamp starting tomorrow. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to everybody, including Justin Jones and our producer as well, Charlie Bevins. Game five of the NBA Finals, Miami down 3-1 to Denver. That's coming up next here on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly, hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon and Apple Podcasts. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Bet Rivers and Miller Lite.